You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And tell you what, man, Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Raphael are going to be in at a few of these games. So uh, I'm in it. I'm in for the Ninja Turtles. Uh, I'm, I'm more in it for Paw Patrol. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! Happy Thursday, another week in the CFL, getting set to get underway, and Brazilian Ty and I are getting ready to be in a wedding. Ty, I know that I have something completely different written down for the opening here, but it is a Western wedding, and I don't know if you know much about me. I may be Western Canadian, but there is nothing else Western about me. (laughs) Uh, I've seen you wear jeans, I can count on my hand, and the last time you wore jeans, well, that I remember well the last two times one was your first date with your now wife and the second time was when you proposed that's true so whenever i wear jeans it's a big moment it's a big deal so i must really like our buddy i i guess like (laughs) we got the the fact that we got to find you something that resembles cowboy boots and a hat that will fit your head that's the problem. There is nothing average about me. That and, and me as the best man. You know who that falls on now? That's on me. It's on so you I now. Could, I, 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 the wedding is in my hand. I could crumble it <laughs> as we speak. Do they have any stretchy hats that come with like elastic bands? <laughs> like a pro fit cowboy hat? <laughs> I need one of those, man. In the huddle with Karan Ty on the Two and Out podcast. It's a little bit different of a week. We only got three games this week because three teams are on by to accommodate the three bye weeks for each team. But there are still some news items to go through. We are now down to two sites for the Halifax CFL Stadium. Um, It looks like they kind of want a 25,000-seat venue, very close to what they have in Ottawa. They kind of want a budget of $200 million. It looks like this is moving along ever so slowly, but they're going about it the right way. For sure, and we've seen it in the NHL, and we've seen it in in, uh, the NFL, like guys trying to buy a team and, you know, an expansion team and, you know, they're they're not going about it the right way. They're not playing ball. Um, you know, this group in Atlantic Canada is playing ball with the league and meeting, I don't know if the necessarily demands, but, you know, doing what the league wants them to do and, you know, what the league wants to see. And, you know, it, it looks like this thing is for sure happening. Um, you know, and we kind of knew that this winter that this was a for sure deal. But, uh, you know, things are starting to really clip along now. And once this site gets finalized, I think it's going to move pretty quick. Uh, looks like the likely stadium sites are Dartmouth Crossing and a property behind the Kent store in Bears Lake Business Park. I've never been to Halifax. If you have, maybe you know where that is, but I do not. <laughs> Last week, the CFL also announced they're going to have some family day games across the country. Now, the league is trying to attract 
younger people. Uh, that is no lie at all. But a lot of people would say that maybe we missed a generation of kids coming to the games, and we need to make that up and rebuild it a little bit. And let's face it, I don't have kids or anything. I don't watch Family Channel, but <laughs> they're bringing some people in here to make the kids happy and bring the kids out to the parks. And all of these family days are uh, Saturday afternoons across the league. So hopefully we get more kids out to the park uh, during the season. And more butts in the seat, you know, more butts in the seats, more eyes on the game. And maybe maybe these kids become uh, diehard fans of, of the team that, you know, they go to watch or even of the league. Um, I, I think we're in the anomaly, Travis, to be honest with you, at, at 30 years old being fans of the CFL. Like, we're the generation that they missed. We're young guys, absolutely. When we go to the stadium, wow. we're the younger demographic. We're the youngest there. in our section. We are the youngest in our section. By far, yeah. And, and you know, it, it just feels like, you know, whenever I talk to people that are my age and you know it, it just seems like the cfl is an afterthought and and a lot of their minds and you know this is a great way to change it you know start start them early it's like in, in anything right you start you start something early and you kind of ingrain it a little bit i don't want to make it sound like indoctrination but because <laughs> that's kind of the wrong way to put it but you know make it a fun experience for the kids because a lot like you know at six seven eight years old these kids don't have the attention span to sit there for three hours so that this kind of gives another aspect for them to go and you know eventually uh they might turn into fans which is exactly what the league wants and tell you what man donatello leonardo michelangelo and Raphael are going to be at, at a few of these games so uh i'm in it i'm in for the ninja turtles uh, I'm I'm more in it for Paw Patrol. <laughs> Li- living living with a one year old, I mean, I got to see that every day coming home from work. <laughs> and to be honest, I never saw a Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. What? Yeah, here we go. I've also never seen a Batman movie. I'm canceling this show. Sweet, that means I got a night off. <laughs> what have you seen? What do you do? Um. I've watched I watch Tin Cup at least once a week. Um, watch Slapshot at least once a month because you know those are the two greatest sports movies of all time. Um, I watch a lot of Netflix, play a lot of video games. Ninety uh, percent of my time is spent doing spreadsheets for this. Okay, I didn't ask for your Match.com <laughs> profile here. I, d- I don't have a lot of free time to watch movies, Travis. <laughs> I will say I am kind of impressed, though, to not see Batman. I, I guess I kind of get the Ninja Turtles thing. They haven't really been, I don't know, I've been disconnected from that world since the late 80s, uh, early 90s kind of thing. And now they've got new movies, but they're, they're nothing like the originals. But to avoid Batman, you actually, I think, have to put a serious effort into that. I, I'm, I'm not avoiding it. Wow! It's just that I've never, I've never hit play. I'm not a big movie guy though either. To sit for two hours, it's unless it's like nonstop action, it's kind of tough for me. Or a really good chick flick, but never mind. <laughs> never mind. I, did, I didn't just say that. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite chick flick then? Bull Durham. Oh, could that, does that really count? There is very little to do with baseball in that. Okay. Or P.S. I love you. Oh God! I I like 
<laughs> During that movie, I cried so hard. Like, it looked like I was in pain. I'm such a crier. But <laughs> I don't know if Family Day gets to this. Um, <laughs> four players me, were fined during week four. Ted Laurent, A.C. Leonard, Suk Chung, and Tyrell Sutton. Now, normally, I don't mention the fines. There seems to always be one or two every week. But you saw the highlight from Ty- Tyrell Sutton absolutely trucking a Red Blacks DB last week. And you're like, wow, that's impressive. But at the same time, there's a little bit of a double standard here. We say defenders can't lead with the crown of their helmet. But traditionally, it's always been fine if a running back has done it. It looks like they're finally changing that. And that's what makes it okay with me. If you're going to prevent the defenders from doing it, you better do it to the offensive players too. Yeah, because now they're getting an unfair advantage, right? Yeah. Um, this this way, you know, they they got to stay up. It's a bigger target, uh, you know, less leverage for them, and you know, it gives the defense a chance to to make a stop. Um, you know, and you, you see a lot of guys like it, like you said, trucking. It, it every running back does it, and while well, every ball carrier really, except for the quarterback, you'll see lower yep. their head, and you know, the, and a lot of it too. Is, is somewhat bracing for impact. I don't think they're trying to to hurt or, you know, anything like that. But they're bracing for impact. You know what? If they're able to explode through, well, then you keep going. But um, it, it is nice to see that, you know, the double standard is gone. It might take away a little bit of offense if the, if the flags begin to become an issue for it, if, if they are going to call it and not, and not just fines. Uh, I think we might see, you know, it might be a little tough to – to police that live action, but I think it's a good step. Well, that's another thing, though, too. If it's going to get fined, it has to be a penalty, right? You would think, but, I mean, that's a really tough call. I think, you know, when it, with a running back running, the, the, that means the official has got to be running as well because he's got to keep up with the play, and you know, it, it's a lot of moving parts. So, I mean, early on, I can see it just being a fine, but... At some point, you know, it, it, we saw it with the defense. Guys are going to have to learn, um, you know, to not do certain things. And as a running back, it, it, that's a tough thing not to do um, because you're taught that the whole way up. So it's going to have to – it'll take a while before it becomes not an issue. But once guys start getting flagged for it, I think I think it will take away some offense early, but I think guys will eventually adjust. Okay, let's talk about the three games from this week. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. The Calgary Stampeders, three-and-a-half-point favorites in Ottawa tonight for Thursday Night Football. It is, of course, a rematch, but Calgary got a bye week in the middle. How is that fair? Now, Calgary has, hasn't has lost after the bye in the regular season, we should qualify, since 2004. What was yeah, that, I doing? I was good. in high school. We were in grade 10. Well, it depends when the game was. If it was in the summer, yeah. we were between. But it would have been the summer of between grade 9 and grade 10, yep. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That was also the year, I believe, Hamilton went 1-17, in and the only game they won was against the Riders. <laughs> that might happen with Montreal this year. <laughs> oh, no. 
At least it wasn't a last-minute field goal. Yeah, no, that one. If I remember correctly, was it Darren Flutie that got hit in that game so hard that he puked? You know <laughs> that you got hit hard when you puke. I've never, well, I shouldn't say that. I've, I've never been uh, hit so hard that I puked. I've puked after I've woken up. Oh, you got knocked <laughs> out it. and you woke up and you, you hurled. Yeah. You Sam hurled everywhere. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Does that just mean I played terrible middle linebacker or that I puked? <laughs> so the Calgary Stampeders are without Eric Rogers this week, and they're also without Terry Williams this week. Eric Rogers uh, looks like his knee is acting up a little bit. You thought uh, that the bye week would maybe help him out, but no, he's not going to be playing uh, in this game. And Terry Williams looks like maybe a shoulder there. So, I think Don Jackson becomes a really key play here for the Stampeders. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he has been getting a, mostly all of the carries, and Williams has been mainly just returning kicks, so I don't know uh, how big of an impact the Williams thing will be. Um, that being said, you know, you get a guy back there who's not used to returning, and all of a sudden you, you see it. You can see it with your starting position. Um, in Eric Rogers' case, that's a, that's a big target for Bo Levi to lose. No, I like Jackson in fantasy because he's only five thousand dollars. It looks like the price is steadily climbing. Now the Red Blacks have only given up just over eighty yards a game on the ground. They get Kyrie Z Bear back for this one, but if you look at the running backs that uh, Ottawa has gone against. This season, they did go against Jerome Messam and that Ryder offensive line in Week 2. Yes, they had Don Jackson in Week 3. And then they had Tyrell Sutton last week. And they've been able to limit guys on the ground for the Mm -hmm. most part. But Jackson, his worst game of his career was against Ottawa with, what, 85 (laughs) yards on the ground? (laughs) That's That's a pretty good worst game. Look, look at the look at the comp, the comparison between the two running backs in this game at five thousand for Don Jackson and eighty seven forty one for William Powell. Their average is a point apart in wow. fantasy. So I mean, you know, if you're looking for a for something where you know you can fit other guys onto your roster, that might be where it is. Now, without Eric Rogers, if you look mm-hmm. at the Stampeders depth chart, I'm gonna say this. If you need some room on your CFL fantasy roster, or if you need a $2,500 player, Reggie Bagleton might be an option here. He is lined up at Rogers' spot inside slot back there. And for $2,500, he could make something happen here. And we saw it last year He that you know Calgary is willing to throw to anybody. Yeah, they are. At, at at any point in the field, it does not matter. They spread the ball around. That being said, he hasn't been getting regular reps, so that could be an issue, but we've seen it with other guys. It's plug and play, and in Calgary, that seems to be what they do. So uh, I like where he's lining up. When uh, In week one, when Eric Rogers was limited in his staff, snaps, Bagleton lined up uh, at the mm-hmm. same spot. He had two catches for 60 yards. 
not bad. He could turn it to something more, but for $2,500, you aren't losing very much. I do like Kamar Jordan in this game. He seems to do well uh, basically always, and he almost averages 20 points against the Red Blacks. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you want <laughs> like, that on your team. <laughs> yeah, like if you got room, you'd be a fool not to have that. And I actually think DeVars Daniels might become the new Duke Williams. He's averaging right around oh. 14 points a game, and he's real cheap. Mm-hmm. He's only $4,700. For now. Yeah, for now. Exactly. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep taking advantage of that for as long as you can. Much like Don Jackson at only $5,000. That price has gone up every week. Yeah, and that's what has made actually putting a lineup together this week – Quite interesting. It, there is a ton of combinations, but there are only three teams play, or three games, so there's a, mm-hmm. a lot of things you can do. Now we go to the Ottawa side of the ball. Kyrie's Hebert does return in this one. He does not hold back. This rivalry against the Stampeders, if you want to call it that, has gone back to his days in Montreal. And he took out John Cornish. It might have been the beginning of the end of Cornish's career in the Canadian Football League. And last time these two teams played, he had a very cheap hit on Devaris Daniels. And <laughs> he comes out and he talks to Calgary Sun reporter Danny Austin and basically calls Cornish soft. So <laughs> this game is, they aren't going to like each other very much. Yeah, I've got zero time for Kyrie's Hebert anymore. Like I know, I know, I said after that week, you know, you don't want him to stop doing that because um, it'll change the way he plays the rest. It'll change the entire way he plays the game. After the comments he made about John Cornish, I'm done. I, I, I could care less what he has to say or what he does anymore. Like you can't call a guy soft after concussion issues. That's not. That's not. No, that's not cool. If you ask Kyrie's, he'll say something like, well, I had, uh, I've had, i got about 800 tackles in my CFL career, and you know what? Four of them have cost him money. He said only five of them have gotten him in trouble. But when I look yeah. at his stats, he's he doesn't even have 600 tackles. So I don't know where the extra 200 come from. Maybe he's got a couple concussions. <laughs> Well, that'll happen when you lead with your head on every tackle. Well, yeah, you you gotta bang your own head up sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like I, it is what it is. Whatever he he is, he what or well, he still is one of the one of the what would you call it marquee defensive players in the league, and he's been that for for a long time. Um, you know, it's just he needs to start making better decisions at some point. Or else, you know, he's, nobody's going to want him. Because what's the point of having a guy that's going to be on your bench? Now, here's a stat for you. The only receiver that has a touchdown against the Stampeders this year is Greg Ellingson. He's going to cost wow. you this year, or this week, $7,800. If you can fit him into your lineup, I think it's a, it's a fair pick. But the Stampeder defense is just so good. He plays slightly better against the Stamps. He does against the rest of the league, averaging three extra points. Uh, at $7,800, though, you 
got to hope it's a 100-yard game and a touchdown. You need that. You need that out of Ellison if you're going to play him. Yeah, and, and, you know, at least five catches. Yeah, you need, I I would say, you know, at least 23, 25 points if you're going to have a good week. Yeah, at seventy eight hundred dollars, it's pretty hard to fit in. And Deontay Spencer at seventy, just over seventy five, he plays right at his average. Uh, Sinopoli is a little below his average. You got to think Ellingson is going to be getting the bulk of the targets. Uh, Spencer, just I don't know, the last two weeks hasn't seemed like himself. Yeah, the Stampeders really shut him down, and he hasn't right? done much this year. No, and I, I think Brad Sinopoli is going to be a return to the mean. Uh, his price inflated a little bit this week after a career game, but yeah. I, I think he's going to be right back where he was. You know, that second down receiver. You know, fights for some yards. He's, he's not going to. He's not going to score you a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he's going. He's going to rack up conversions for you though, and keep that offense on the field. Who are you picking to win? I am taking Calgary. They average 27 points at home. Ottawa gives up the same on the road. Calgary is actually second in offensive yards per game, and they've allowed the least per game at 436. There's a big part of me that wants to pick Ottawa in this one. How big? (laughs) Do I want to live dangerously? Like, (laughs) this streak has to end. Are you splitting tens here? And now with Ottawa at home, they lost by 10 the last time these teams played. Man, I haven't locked in as Calgary right now, but it's not like not having Eric Rogers has hurt the Stampeders in the past or Terry Williams or anything like that. So I, I am going to go Stampeders, and I think they actually come in Quite motivated with the whole Kyrie Bear stuff. They might run right at him and get a couple shots at him to start this <laughs> game. But it's going to be a fun one to watch, that's for sure. And, and these games always are between these two teams. They, they've been so evenly matched the last couple of years. It, it's been lots of fun. The Edmonton Eskimos are 7.5-point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts. The Argos won last week, 2017. Um the Argos, I guess, looking to sweep the season series here, the defending Grey Cup champs against one of the Grey Cup favorites going into the season. Some Argos news. It looks like they're getting ready to sign former NFLer Dexter McCluster. He actually did a lot of things with the Kansas City Chiefs, so if the Argos could mm-hmm. land him, he would almost fill the void, I think, that Deontay Spencer left when he went to Ottawa. Yeah, uh, he can return. He can do everything for he you. He can, yeah. On, on the offensive side and the special team side of the ball. So, you know, bringing him in, it might take a little bit of a time to adjust, but I think that would be a huge add for the Argos. Does James Franklin enter your circle of trust after last week? Well, you know me. My circle of trust is pretty small. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're close to the vest, man. Like, it's you, Brandon, and my parents, really. That's it. Yeah. Um, no, not yet. Not yet. It should be a different Edmonton team at home. They're going to be pissed. They kind of seem like a team that's going to be whatever one week and then, uh, you know, ballers the next. Yeah, and that's not a good thing, especially if they want to win the Grey Cup in Edmonton. They better turn it around. Like this coming out flat every second game and then using that as motivation for your second game or for the next game the next week, that, that's not working. 
you're not going to win a lot of football games like that. Are you going to have any Argos on your team then? I thought about it. Uh, James Wilder, $8,000, doubles his point production against the Eskimos. Uh, $8,000, that's a big ad. So I, I've been toying with lineups. Uh, you know, SJ at 18, just under 6000 not bad. Levi Noel, if you have, if you wanted to load up and hope Levi Noel repeats what he did last week, he's only twenty five hundred bucks as well. That's another twenty five hundred dollar guy. Uh, yeah. You know me, I like some twenty five hundred dollar guys. I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> okay, if we're talking that twenty five hundred is out of my price range. Uh, <laughs> for Edmonton, with Duke Williams increasing in price, it's almost like Kenny Stafford is becoming the sneaky mm-hmm. value on the Eskimos. And, and especially this week, Duke only averages 10.2 against Toronto, which is well below his average. And Kenny is above his average when they play Toronto at 18.9. And he is about, what, $2,500 or $1,500 cheaper. So, I mean, that's that's something to look at. And he's been he's had a solid two weeks. Uh, and then, you know, Darrell is still up there at 72, just under his average, like by a point and a half, two points. So, I mean, the, any three, of the, any one of those three receivers could get you a lot of points. I would tread lightly with Duke for what he's costing, for what he's put out against the Argos uh, in the last two years. Stafford is 29 targets on the year. He's right behind mm-hmm. the likes of Naaman Roosevelt, Darrell Walker, and Greg Ellingson. And he's almost got 300 yards already on the season. He's had a nice start to the year. It, it's a renaissance for Kenny Stafford. It he's is. Now got a quarterback that can, it's, he's got a quarterback that can get him the ball. And who would have thought that's all he needed? <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, it's mind-bottling. <laughs> who would have thought of that? Yeah. Well, obviously not Cavis Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Uh, I don't know. There's going to be some consequences for that comment. Um, oh, no, that's a toonie. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so $3,200 for the Eskimos defense. They mm-hmm. average 5.7 against Toronto over the last three seasons. It's, a, it's an interesting week. There are only six options at defense. I think they're going to be a popular pick this week at home. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, and I don't think they're going to have to spend a lot of time on the field. Toronto was dead last in offensive yards allowed. So the offense is going to be on the field a lot, I think, for Edmonton this week, which in turn means the defense is going to be able to... It's it's easier to keep team off the board if they don't have the ball. So, I mean, the lower the lower scoring, the best is the low, the low, sco- the low scoring that that Toronto offense is better for that Edmonton defense. And, you know, the fresher they stay even better. I know who you're picking, I think. Do you? <laughs> Do I you? think. <laughs> Edmonton averages 30 points a game at home. Wow. And the third in offensive yards per game while Toronto, like I said, is league worst in offensive yards allowed. So I'm taking the Edmonton Eskimos. This one actually might be... You know what? A month ago, I would have told you it's a Grey Cup preview. I don't know so much now, <laughs> but I uh, I think the Eskimos win That would have been the perfect well. Grey Cup, though. That would have been the perfect Grey Cup. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been awesome. Ricky Wade coming back and beating Edmonton in yeah. Edmonton to win back-to-back and then right off into the sunset. It would have been just incredible. pissed off a bunch of people. <laughs> that, would have been, that, that would have been the perfect storybook ending. Oh, yeah. 
it would have been. And I think Edmonton fans, like, they would have been like, yeah, you know what? We lost, but Ricky Ray got one more. Yeah. I think, I think if they had to lose it to anyone, that's probably who they would choose. Yeah. Well, for sure. Like, if the Riders had to lose a Grey Cup to anybody, I would hope it'd be Louis Pasaglia. <laughs> a winning kick off of that leg? You can't even get mad. <laughs> I know. So I I mean if the Riders lose a Grey Cup I I I I don't I they can't now. I will not be happy regardless. But Eskimo fans know what a Grey Cup loss feels like at home and I I don't mm-hmm. think they want to feel that again. If the Argos win no. two in a row against Edmonton here, I don't even know what button. to think, but yeah, I'm going Eskimos. Yeah, some people just love to watch the world burn, eh, Trev? <laughs> now we go to BC. I don't even know what to think of the BC Lions. They're almost in Montreal <laughs> Alouettes territory at this point. Uh, the Bombers smashed them last week, 41-19, looking for the season sweep. We do start with the Bombers here. They signed former Ryder and Stampeder defensive back Jeff Hecht. And now with Nichols back, it looks like they're extremely healthy. Andrew Harris had a bit of a looked like a groin tweak at practice on Wednesday, but he returned. It looks like he was okay to go there. What's the over under on hits on Matt Nichols this week? Point five. Oh yeah, because he didn't even get touched last week. No, he had to buy that offensive line steaks, and not only he probably bought him Slurpees and stuff too. But man, I, I think he bought the defensive line for BC food. <laughs> I would I would say one point five. You got to give BC. You got to think they got to get to him once. And if they don't, it's going to be another long one. And you can't have that at home anymore. No, not not with the fact that they're starting to get. I know it looks empty on TV, but they're they're getting over twenty thousand people there. You you have to start winning football games because if you don't, people are going to stop coming. Now. This is bizarre. How many times did we see this where the backup quarterback costs more than the starting quarterback for Winnipeg? Well, it doesn't help that he vultured two touchdowns. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe that's on. the one you want on your team. Oh, maybe, but with Matt Nichols, I, I know I've crapped on him for two years, but he does make that offense better. He makes the passing offense better, which in turn makes Andrew Harris better. Um, you know, everybody seems to, the timing uh, is it, huge, and the the chemistry with with your receipt between your receivers and quarterbacks is huge. Strevler wasn't quite there yet. Maybe someday he will be, but um, you know that he makes that whole offense click. Uh, everybody plays right around their average against BC, except for Wesson Dressler, who is about five points worse, and the defense, which is about four points worse. Uh, I don't know how that happened after last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But Winnipeg also has the most expensive defense this week at just about fifty-two hundred dollars. But they they might they might outscore Matt Nichols. Well, if you get a defense scoring you double points, that's like hitting the jackpot. Yeah, that that's that's hitting on twenty and getting an ace. You need the touchdown, yeah, yeah. So I like having Nichols in my lineup, but if they're going to keep doing the Strevler thing. I'm not so sure about it. Andrew Harris always gets fired up against the Lions. I, I I would avoid a Darius Bowman. He comes very cheap, but I actually like Weston Dressler. He's actually getting a lot of targets so far this season. He's got 27 of them, 17 catches for 188, and a touchdown. 
for $4,600 might be an okay option against that BC secondary that just has not been able to put anything together so far this year. Now, we Mar- g- Marcel Young. Yeah, looking at him. <laughs> we go to BC. Here's here's your sleeper pick for fantasy-wise on the BC. Ru- no. Lule is only $1,572. If he starts, I'm putting him in. <laughs> oh, yeah, me and you both. There's no way he doesn't make my lineup if he's starting. At $1,500? You could literally put anybody else in your lineup. It would not matter. If Lule gets you 10 points, you are laughing. So Buono is not named a starting quarterback yet. I, I think we'll probably hear about it a little later on today. But Lule had his most active day at practice on Wednesday. Maybe he does get into the game. Right now, it seems it's between Fajardo and Jennings. I'm probably going to bet that it's going to be Jennings. But, yeah, if Lule gets in there, it's very rare that a player is less than 2,500. So <laughs> This is the first time I've ever seen it. I, had, I actually doubled. I closed the CFL Fantasy website and reopened it. Just to see if it was your computer. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I've been hacked. Are you taking any Lions? I would think about Chris Rainey again. Um, if Winnipeg keeps putting up the points, we know he's a very good returner in this league. Uh, we saw it last week. He put up 269 return yards. Uh, yeah. Definitely worth his definitely worth his salary last week. Uh, Brian Burnham is a maybe for me. Uh, you know, just under 5500 bucks. He does play uh, way better against Winnipeg than he does against the rest of the league. Uh, so you could look at that. Other than that, I would tread lightly. Uh, I'd stay away from their defense because, as we saw last week, uh, it's not good against this offense. Who are you picking to win? I'm picking the Blue Bombers to sweep the series. Uh, you know, they're tied tied for second in defensive turnovers, and they lead the league in sacks. And they also average 28.2 points on the road, while BC allows just under that at 27.6. Oh, my heart wants Jennings to show and. In- be his 2016 self and, and to, for Buono to get some wins and yeah and have a great game against Winnipeg here and you know what it, it could happen the bomber defense you can move the ball against mm-hmm. them but uh, I, I'm going to go with Winnipeg here as well kickers aren't on CFL fantasy so moving the ball and taking field goals doesn't help us no that that doesn't we need kickers in there absolutely add an extra five grand to the salary cap and put kickers in yeah i 100 percent agree with that i think the lions need to get rainy involved on offense more Mm -hmm. not just on uh, returns which they've actually been better this year with ryan bold as their special teams coordinator so far i feel like at any moment rainy is going to break one and really help them and hopefully not have it called back by a touchdown. But they need oh. to get them the ball more and get the get the ball into their playmakers' hands. Uh, let's talk about our lineups for this week. What, what are you looking at? Well, me and you, very similar as I, I tinkered uh, kind of last night and this morning after I sent it to you. But I have Matt Nichols right now based solely on the fact that he is in the last game. And if Lule starts, I can switch them. 
if and then I can take burn them out and so forth and so on. It kind of screws you though because the rest of the games are over. It does. Uh, Don yeah. Jackson, yeah, Don Jackson, uh, Andrew Harris, Duke Williams, Brian Burnham, got Kenny Stafford in there, and I have the Eskimos defense to round it out. Now, how much how much money you got left over? A hundred and one dollars. All right, so I made a lineup that has five dollars left. Okay, that's impressive. And part of me just wants to leave it. Because it's five dollars, <laughs> it's like a yeah. You could go buy a footlong for that. Yeah, man, meatball sub five dollar footlong. Oh, meatball marinara, let's go. We actually agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you put on it? With a uh, little bit of lettuce, tons of onions, lots of salt and pepper, and then either salt and vinegar or dill pickle chips. Do you toast it? Absolutely. Yeah, you have to. Ah, I just put get, a little bit of get, let, lettuce on it, untoasted, and I go for the soup. I go shredded cheese because it melts better than like the slices. Shredded is actually a secret that more people need to utilize at Subway. No, they don't because then they'll never have it. <laughs> Wait, let's re-record this. Let's not give away our secrets. <laughs> we got to edit this out. <laughs> shredded cheese is a game changer once you do it. If you are getting a toasted sub at Subway and you're not getting shredded cheese, you are doing it wrong, my friend. <laughs> so my $5 footlong lineup has Matt Nichols oh, at quarterback, yes. Navarez Daniels mm-hmm. and Kenny Stafford at receiver, Andrew Harris, Don Jackson at running back, Chris Rainey at flex, and the Eskimos defense. Now, I have been messing with a ton of lineups here. I kind of want Kamar Jordan instead of Daniels. I tried to fit Mike <laughs> Riley in there by having. Oh, I tried that. I tried that Monday night, and I'm like, no, this isn't going to work because there's not that many cheap options at running back. I find no, and you know, like you look at guys like William Powell who produce, but at eighty-seven forty-one, what? Like, holy crap! Yeah, and then. You know, your cheapest guy that, you know, you would really think, Marcus Thigpen, but he's not playing this week. So then you look at guys like Martise Jackson who don't get a lot of carries and you're relying on a lot of special teams. Uh, Declan Cross, you know, doesn't get a lot of looks. Uh, you know, Terry Williams, who's hurt this week. Moses Madu, well, you're not going to put him in, especially at 61.58, and he's hurt. Uh, C.J. Gable, like, now you're getting back up to where everybody's over exactly. six, six grand, and it's really hard to fit fit a cheap option in, like, Don Jackson, Marcus Sigpins are your last your last hopes for that, and those prices aren't going to stay there for very much longer. I feel like that Mike Riley's price, like it has to change, doesn't it? It is it is impossible to fit. He is double what Matt Nichols is, and I get it. But his point production, okay, his point production is almost it's not quite double. Um, it's like one and a half what Matt Nichols is. So but shouldn't he be around ten Bo grand or Harris or something? Yeah, no, four, fourteen thousand is ridiculous. That that is over, or no, that's right at double what the average needs to be for a price. Like that's that's a lot to ask to to fit that in. And like you could go, you could go Mike Riley and Kenny Stafford, and then just have a bunch of twenty five hundred dollar guys. Yeah, I, I thought about doing Riley, Stafford, Bagleton. But still, it's like <laughs> you're like, basically then, then sacrificing that, 
two or three other positions just to get him in. And Mike Riley is not going to score you 40 points every week. He's going to score you between 20 and 30. Yeah. Which, you know, Matt Nichols could get you between 20 and 25, and you can make up all those points that Mike Riley gets in your six other positions. Yeah. I, I hope so. That I, would, changes. I would literally never pick. I would literally never pick Mike Riley in a fantasy lineup right now at $14,000. Yeah. I, I hope it changes because it's. It's nuts, man. <laughs> no, you're alienating a player from everybody's roster. Like the guys, people that put them on, I don't know how they do it. You got to get you got you, but you got to find really good value and really cheap guys. All right, one more thing, uh, Ty. The World Cup final is on Sunday. Croatia and uh, France. Who are you picking? I don't want to pick France because they beat Belgium, and Belgium was my pick because they're the closest thing to being Dutch that's in the World Cup. I don't want to pick Croatia because Harry Kane is so cool. And Croatia <laughs> beat England. So I'm going to pick France because I'm a big fan of Antoine Griezmann. Yes, people, I watch soccer. They make fun of me on Twitter all you want. I don't care. Um, I'm going to go France. Uh, Pogba, Griezmann, uh, Mbappe. This this kid is 19. He's unreal. I, I'm going to take France to win by uh, two. Oh, that, that's almost like winning by four touchdowns. Yeah, 3-1 final. Are you going to put money on it? I Maybe. <laughs> you degenerate. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> All right, buddy. I guess I'll talk to you after uh, the World Cup final on uh, Sunday, buddy. Sounds good. All right. Give us a rating uh, review on iTunes and basically anywhere man there's a new google podcast app i don't think we're quite there yet we'll try and get there in the next few weeks but spotify tune in anything uh, leave us a rating and a uh, review it helps other people find two and out as well maybe maybe don't leave a review if you don't want anyone else to listen to us <laughs> we could be your shredded cheese <laughs> have a good one we'll talk to you monday morning thanks for listening Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.